Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 11, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? First, I have some interesting things to share. We'll get to that in a few moments. Let's start with what's jumping off the page on the daily chart. We'll work backward and forwards from there. So the obvious is we're above all the moving averages. Therefore, the trend is your friend until it's not. Another test around the 20-period moving average or home base and essentially a bounce off of it toward the recent highs. Why are they at the recent highs so quickly? Are they there to fail again at that place? Meaning all the way up here at, we'll just say the high is 440.30, give or take. Are they there to fail again? Or are they going to make another run higher, another leg higher? If so, where are they going? And when they get there, where the heck is the stone cold short? Now, when we discuss the quote-unquote, air quotes, stone-cold short, it comes with some caveats. The manner in which will matter. When they get there matters. Time and price together matter. Time is more important than price. And therefore, price is a component of when, where, and how the market makes a high, finds resistance, and turns down in the other direction. We'll get back to that in a few minutes. I want to get back to the moving average. I want to get back to home base slash the 20 period moving average. And I want to show you another chart. And I think actually two more charts. And I think this one is extra interesting for a particular reason. We're looking at the SPX, which is the cash index, which just about, and we're looking over here at the low from yesterday, just about matches up with where the SPY matched up with that 20 period moving average yesterday. And you can see there was a difference in the last time they came close. Look back here on the 26th and 27th relative to its 20 period moving average. And when we flip back over to the cash index SPX, it's a little bit far away compared to the SPY. Why is that? The only explanation that I really have is the SPY pays a dividend Therefore, the prices from time to time will become somewhat skewed, but then it really doesn't matter in the end. All you have to do is look at where they both were yesterday relative to the 20-period moving average, and it's more or less a mirror image. But that's not the most important thing or most interesting thing I wanted to show. I just thought it was interesting. The SPX matches up with the SPY, but, and there's always a, but wait, there's more. How about the S&P E-mini futures chart? ESU contract 23, they spike through their home base 20 period moving average and have since recovered and are on their way higher just as the S&P cash or SPY is. They're all one and the same, but the charts can look slightly different from time to time a la this one. Now, looking back after the fact, it's not really that big of a deal, especially when they're already on their way up toward the recent highs. But 
when that happened, I had my eyeball on this chart, the SPY and the SPX, just watching everything. You never know what something will show you that has some kind of meaning. When I saw this yesterday, I thought that had meaning. I also saw them hit the 20 a couple of days ago. It's interesting the SPY did not. It's awareness stuff. It's not always material information you can take action on. I just like all the knowledge I can get, put it all in a bucket, see what comes out the other side. Knowledge is power. That was up above my desk when I was a kid growing up, doing my homework. My father taped some cutout out of a newspaper, said knowledge is power. It was there for about 15 years. Now, getting back to the SPY, let's go back to what if they do bust through these highs? Well, there's a couple of things going on. Let's go to the weekly chart and let's get the picture from a weekly chart perspective once again. We know a couple of things that we discussed last night for sure, and they stay the same. We know that the last big breakup candle in the sequence has a low of 431.19. That's going to be our weekly bogey. They've got to stay above that to keep the current thing going intact. So what they can do, and we don't know they will or they won't, but they can do this for a while longer. They can deeper in, maybe run a test down near the lows. They can just go sideways and create a bull flaggish kind of thing. That's what they're beginning to do. Doesn't mean they will do it next week. Or they can simply break out at any point they want and go to the next place, which brings me where is the next place. There will be intraday and day-to-day resistance areas along the way but if I look at the big picture where is the next place where would that stone cold short be if they ran up there sooner than later and what constitutes sooner than later in the next week or two it's a give or take sometimes they come up slightly short sometimes they spike them through it's 452 it's a spike of 452 is the number could they get to 452 and a half, 453? Sure. 453 and a quarter, 454? Maybe. We'll just say the area around 452 sooner than later is that stone cold short. But what matters is the manner in which time is more important than price. Let's just say, for all intents and purposes, we're looking at getting up there in July. If it happens in July, I think there's a pretty darn good chance of a reaction in the other direction. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. Anybody make any money today inside the numbers? The short answer is yes, there was. We had a little something for everybody once again. A couple of opportunities in the S&P 500. We had a stock show up after the opening bell. That got put on the board. That worked out. Come over. Check it out. There's still a trial available. I give you a week to see if it's for you. What do you got to lose? You don't have to do anything in there. Just see what we're doing in there. See if you could learn something. We had a pivot today. The front end stuff you can read on your own. I want to focus on a couple of important things. You can pause the video and you know the drill. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Only a select few of you will actually do that. I recommend it though. We've got a pivot. 440.30. Today's pivot. We think better in pictures. Right of the vertical is today's activity. 440.30 is the pivot. That's the line you see. That's an exact hit, bullseye. That was a quick back test after the opening bell. Opened just pennies above, back tested it, took off, got below, but recaptured it and stayed above the rest of the day. You see another back test right here. No accidents or coincidences. 
That was a one more test before the end of the day ramp up. So staying above the pivot, 440.30 opens the door for another leg higher to where? 441.80. Keep in mind, this stuff's on the board at zero dark 30. Now you see what happened here, 441.80, they came up short by 10 cents in the morning session, but we did have some traders front run that, take a short up there, get a ride back down. We also had some traders, and we discussed this in the room, as long as they stay above the pivot, 440.30, and they continue to stay above on candle closes, they could do what? They could ride it up to the next place. So what happens at the next place? And again, we talk about this in real time in the live room that when they get to a place like 441.80, which would be a target on the upside above the pivot, also overhead resistance, and you find this in the notes, we exit a long trade in front of the number. We never make them go all the way to or through the number. We want to exit into strength. That's trading, keeping it as a business. We don't want to find ourselves chasing the market back down because they missed the number by a few pennies. And then we give up profit because when we start chasing the market, we end up making bad decisions. You put an order in, the market's going up, in before the number, you get out, and you let the chazas, you let the pigs have the last few pennies. Now, we had the flip side of the pivot on the board, but we didn't really need these lower numbers. Price wasn't down there, but that was on the board at zero dark 30. You never know which way they're going to go, but you need to be prepared for both. We're the umpire calling balls and strikes. We don't care whether they throw a ball or a strike. We just want to get the call correct. Otherwise, we'll be replaced by a computer. So you'll see more of the same, the pivot and the target, the pivot and the target. So you saw the whole thing. It was overhead resistance. It was a target. Depends on whether you're long or waiting for a short. And then, of course, traders will ask, hey, is the pivot a buy back on the way down? And the answer is, it depends on when they do it and the manner in which. But as long as they stay above the pivot, a test is a test. Getting below, closing candles below is changing the situation. So these are the things we talk about in real time, in the room, it's all in here. You'll see everything in detail, all the numbers you need, the entire schematic throughout the morning session up until the early afternoon. What about stocks on the move? Only had one on the board today. It didn't hit its number, came rather close. We'll take a look at it anyway. It was AMD, and then we'll look at the other stock that came up for the live room after the opening bell. Here's a 15-minute chart of AMD. Here is the candle at 12 p.m. today. The low was 109.50. My number on the board, you saw it, was 109.40. Came close back here. This was to spike the low and rip it back up in the other direction. They just didn't get to the number. Life of a trader happens all the time. However, this one came up after the open. Ambarella was on the move, identified a zone of support, 79.56, down to a spike of 79, which was 78.88. Pretty tight zone there, and you see what happened. Watch the low over here, 79.88 on the button. What's the low in this candle? 78.90. They hit the low on the button and never looked back the rest of the day. We talked about targets on the upside in the live room. They hit the target and exceeded the targets. The numbers work. What about Camp IWM? Well, 
They're into that zone one more time. I took the first number off the board that we had affected a short with from the lazy swing trader folks. The next number up is 191.50. Can it be 192? Can it be 191.41? Absolutely, that's the number, 191.50. It's a give or take. That's a target and overhead resistance. What about the folks down at the transportation department? And they're still going. Back to the weekly chart and you can see what's going on here. We talked about this 100 times. They're now running a test of this former pivot. Get above the pivot, it opens the door for the next set of highs over in this zone. That's the next area of overhead resistance. My second favorite market leading indicator, A number one, what? Canary in the coal mine, repeat after me. And right now they're doing what? They're getting a little bit far from home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. Whenever price gets too, too far, and we don't have an exact measurement slash formula for too far, we just see it on the chart and say, hey, it looks like they're getting too far. So we become aware that the market may be extended and we begin looking for the next target, which would be what? Which would be what we just discussed, this next set of highs over here somewhere in here is above here a target and overhead resistance we don't know if they will close weekly for example above that pivot high but if they do that would be the next target area we refine the numbers for the intraday stuff the inside the numbers members all that stuff this is generally speaking stuff what about the q people Riding the 20 period moving average, the trend is your friend. They're not at new highs yet. They're not relative to the spiders in the same place. There's a little bit of relative weakness on the chart. Now, there's a couple of things going on with the Qs, which may already have an impact. We don't know, but they're worth mentioning. They're going to rebalance the Qs a little bit. They're going to take some of that top heavy weighted stuff, the Googles, the Amazons, the Apples, and a few others, NVIDIA, and they're going to rebalance the Qs to make it more equitable we talked about it last night across the board specifically the nasdaq 100 is skewed so that's what's going on whether or not that has anything to do with the current relative weakness against the chart in the spy and when i say that i'm saying where is the spy in relation to the recent highs you can see it here very clearly they're approaching the recent highs are they in the same or different position than the Qs? And the answer is slightly different. They're not yet approaching the old highs, but it's in an uptrend and it really doesn't matter because when you look at the weekly chart, when you take the long view, you say, well, what's going on here? This is a bullish, flaggish kind of pattern, eating time off the clock above all the moving averages, maybe giving the 20 period moving average a chance to creep up the price. Maybe price goes sideways, eats some time off the clock, comes down a little bit, gives the 20 a chance to move up and work off some of that air quotes overbought condition if there is such a thing. And so there's nothing negative on this chart, nothing bearish on this chart, not today. What have we been talking about with the financials? Get above the moving averages. The trend is your friend. Eating time off the clock back and forth around that 200 period moving average. And here we are breaking above. So what does that mean? We've talked about it at least 15, 20 times. It means they're going to begin climbing what? Climbing the big breakdown candle. Where are they? They're about halfway home, a little more than halfway home. They don't have to get to the top. We'll just call it 35 for argument's sake. But they can 
Who's to say they won't get up another 50 cents? We don't know they will or they won't, but that's what's going on at present as long as they stay above the former high. Where's the former high? Right here. This is the last high in the sequence. This is where they're breaking out from. As long as they stay above 34, that is what's going on. Write it down, put it on a sticky note, put it on the side. How about a little relative weakness over in Smash Mouth country? They're riding the 20 period moving average, However, they're still making a bearish kind of wedgish thing until they're not. So right now, as opposed to some of the other stuff we looked at, we have a high, we have a lower high, and we still have a lower high. Now that could change tomorrow, it could change by Thursday or Friday, but at present we have a lower high. So until or unless they break the chain, that's what's going on here. And what we do know is the semiconductor space is a pretty darn good proxy for the tech space as a whole. But keep in mind, and this is awareness stuff, this could have something to do with the rebalancing coming ahead. Now, I think they're going to do it at the end of this week, if I'm not mistaken. And if not, maybe it's the end of next week. Either way, whenever that goes on, that's not when everybody's going to do their business. Knowing what's going to happen, there are certainly some funds that need to rebalance as a result that will do their business ahead of time. That's possibly what is the explanation for some of the slight divergences that we're seeing in the tech space as it relates to the S&P 500. That's what we call my two cents worth. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I am David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.